everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Right Now. We talk about real estate matters that matter to you. My name is Jay Izzo, and we are live here from Linda Crafting Studios, part of the Greater Research Triangle Park. Today's show, oh, 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 oh it's a good one, I'm going to tell you that right now. So, you know, everybody has this idea they want to get into business. We live in an entrepreneurial world, uh, absolutely. And what happens is uh, it starts with an idea, and then that idea builds into a fruition of some sort. And maybe you get started in your garage or your basement, right? But then comes a time where growth happens and you go, you know, I need to have a space to put my business in. Mm. What do you know as a business about getting into commercial real estate? Probably not that much. And my guest, Russ Broom, who is the owner, CEO, founder, Bottle mix. Well, I guess owner CEO, bottle mix. Not founder. Uh, okay, not founder. Uh here in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, is going to join us. And he's going to talk about his experience as a business owner <clears throat> dealing with commercial real estate. It's a different angle, right? Russ, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. So uh first of all, tell us what kind of business bottle mix is so that people understand that. So we are we are now called the mix. I did a little refresh and okay. rebranding when we when we uh, recently moved locations, but we're a bottle shop and bar. Uh, bottle mix, the original name, I think, was the first, if if not the first, one of the first bottle shop concepts to open in Raleigh. Uh, so we back then we offered craft beer, fine wine to take home. That morphed into having a tasting bar on site, and then it morphed into people hanging out and consuming on site. And uh, we bottle mix was started in 2012. Mm -hmm. I bought it in 21 mm -hmm. and moved it last year. Okay, so let's talk about when you got into this whole business. How much did you know about commercial real estate? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you purchase a business, right. you inherit a lot of things. Right, you inherit right, right. a reputation, you inherit right. a customer base, you inherit right. a space. And me, I was an, an engineer and went through sales and marketing business development right. through my career, which I semi-retired from in 20. And this to me was just another business development opportunity, taking something that's good and make right. it better. Right. And uh, so that was my that was my intentions from the beginning. So you wanted to be the BASF. Of, of the things exactly right? we don't make the thing we just make the thing yep. better and okay. it's funny you mentioned basf because that was my background was, oh really i was in the plastics manufacturing industry for 27 years i used to love those commercials man. yeah we're basf we don't yeah. make the stuff you use we just make it better that's I, used right. love, I used to love that that's right. all right so you don't know anything about commercial real estate you inherit this business okay so what is some of the first things you learn about commercial real estate as you inherit a business so it was an eye opener. I, I knew I wanted a bar, a bottle shop and bar. That was my dream when I retired, just to have a little small neighborhood right. bar. The pandemic scared me away from just having a bar. So I started studying the bottle shop concept because their revenue actually went up during the pandemic because right. people are going to get their favorite uh, favorite beverage and take it home if they can't drink it out. Alcohol so. sales increase, by yep. the way, in yep. times in, in, in war, in times of epidemics, pandemics, for whatever reason, alcohol. They sales. say people drink when times are good and when times are bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know you're pretty good shape there, then. Okay. But to answer your question, I I bought this business. I inherited a lease because I bought midway through the previous owner's lease, so I had no choice in a lot of things. 
And boy, that was an eye opener when you get in and you really start flipping through the 30 pages of the lease agreement right. and you look at the fine print and you find out the answer is no to so many things you want to do because your hands are tied with a lease and your hands are tied by the landlord. And sometimes the the area of town you live in, there's there's ordinances and constraints. So uh, that was a that was an eye opener. So for what, me. what was what? Give me an example of something that you went okay. We wanted to do this, but either the lease, the landlord, or the ordinance wouldn't allow us to do it. So the previous owner was much more focused on the retail side of the business. I, because of my dream of having that little Cheers bar right. where everybody knows everybody. Right, right, right. I wanted more on-site consumption and a place for the community to hang and 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 be that place people wanted to go when they got off work or they had too much time in the house or whatever. Right. So I had to break a little bit of a of a culture in that we're not just a store, we're now a place to hang out and imbibe and, right. and chill. And so when I went down that endeavor, there were things in the lease that limited how much on-site consumption I could have, um, how many outdoor seats I could have. Okay. And I was just banging my head against a concrete wall, trying to talk to this big monstrosity of a landlord out of New York who would say no before I even said hello. So it, it's those kind of things that you, know, you get digging into this lease. And part of the trouble with me is, I, like I said, I inherited that. I didn't right. get to negotiate from the beginning. So back in the summer of 21, I started digging into this lease and realizing this is not going to make me happy long-term. Right. And I have a vision, can't do it here. Okay. So I need to start looking for a new space while I finish out the previous lease. Got it. So, okay. So then let's move forward into your first. So now you're, now you're going to get out of this lease, which you inherited. You're about to move into this new place. All right. How much more, about commercial real estate do you really know <laughs> as you move into the second place? Well, I, moving into it was the least of my troubles. It's it's finding the space, finding out mm. what kind of spaces I could move into where, mm. you know, there's a lot of commercial real estate out there that's, that's not uh, slated for retail or not mm. slated for restaurant bar. So I had to start digging into that. And I, and I initially, I do my homework and you know, I'm an engineer, so I'm a right. problem solver. I try to get in there and do it myself, but I realized I needed some help. I right. needed some expertise. So I started studying the commercial real estate options in the area. Most of them are brokers. And uh, I, I studied those, kind of picked what I thought were the top three to my interest because everybody has their own niche. I wasn't trying to build a skyscraper, you know. Or, right, right. So I found the three that I thought and I hit them up on the web what you call a web inquiry. Right. You know, you submit all your information, explain right. what you need help with, and you wait for them to call you back. Right. Well, believe it or not, only one of them called me back. Really? And me, meanwhile, I'm trying to run the existing business, right. you know, deal with my existing customers and vendors right. and, and all those issues while I'm trying to move or look for the plan to move the shop down the road. Right. So long story short, because only one of the three called me back, I went with him. I didn't have, I felt like I didn't have time to do any more research. I needed to get the ball rolling because, you know, my lease has an end of the runway right, out there. Sure. I need to, I need to find something before I have to leave and all that. So long story short, I had a, a painstakingly awful experience. Okay. Why was it awful? I got to, we got to know it. Now, now, see, when you say that you, Russ, when you say something like that, I didn't know it at okay. the time, but what I realized after the fact, you know, Monday morning quarterback, I look back and I said, this guy did not have my interest at hand. Mm. He was looking 
to work with his people and find out the best way he could make money and help his buddies make money. And I, and, and I was just kind of the mm. token out here that he was going to get it done with. And I really didn't understand that until the process was over. I had to fire my broker legally with paperwork and all that yeah. and proceed on my own, which I did. Wow. And, uh, you know, what, what's really hurts me is I had that short runway of my lease ending that I inherited. Mm -hmm. So I needed to do something within the next nine months. Right. And it took me about 18 months wow. because one of the spaces I found that I wanted that I turned my broker onto, he came back really quick and said, that's nah, no go. They, they're, uh, they've already got somebody or it's, it's, they don't want you there or something like that. So I just kept moving on to other places that I would find, or he would right. find, bring to my attention and nothing was, I, w I felt like I was settling. And that's right. good enough. It's not what right. I want, but it's good enough. And I still had that, that first place in my mind that I wanted because there were some criteria that to make my vision happen. I wanted roll up doors. I wanted a big patio. I wanted a separate wine room from my, my pub area, right. things like that, that you walk into a space and you know, right away, Oh, I can make this happen or this is perfect or this will never work. Right. And so I kept going back in my mind to that first place. So after I fired my broker, I went out and I talked to the place that I wanted the, to begin. And they said, oh, we'd love to have you. Meanwhile, this is a year after I wanted to, to get it right, rolling. Right, right. So now I'm way behind the eight ball. I'm, I'm now negotiating with my current landlord. Can I extend my lease? Right. Can I go month to month? You know, and so. And what's that like? Trying to negotiate. <laughs> I imagine if you have a small local landlord, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty easy, pretty right. painless to go through a negotiation like that. With me, I had a national landlord out of New York city and they had just bought their biggest competitor. So now they were even bigger, which meant I meant even less to them. Right. And so that was a scary negotiation because there were things in that lease that held me to time and a half rent, all these penalties. If I went over oh, all, you know, wow. They wanted me to sign another 10 year deal. And, you know, it, it was wow. painful. And for me being an engineer, never dealing with commercial real estate. Right. I mean, I bought houses and stuff, but sure. You know, this was a, an eye opening experience. So I still wish I had a partner that was an expert in the field that had my interest at hand. Right. But unfortunately I had to go it alone, but I, I was able to negotiate a month to month lease with my current landlord. I thought it was only going to be for a few months, turned into be nine months. And the landlord at this place that I wanted to move into could not have been better. I mean, he had an engineer on staff to help me with getting my vision onto paper. Wow. Um, he had a, you know, a property management guy that was very helpful versus dealing with a CBRE or something like right. that, that you're just, again, you know, you're just a tiny component in their world. So right. I felt pretty confident once I had met the owner of the property, started negotiating with them, realized they wanted me in there as much as I wanted to be in there. Right. So it, it started to be this great relationship that should have happened a year ago, but was right. happening a year late. All right. So, all right. So now you're representing yourself in this commercial lease. Thing. Jungle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a jungle. I, I, I mean, <clears throat> so as you're representing yourself, how are you educating yourself on, because there, there's, there's going to be some terms thrown at you, you know, triple net, right. I, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of commercial terms out there that 
we don't see and you don't typically see in residential right i agree yeah okay so how did you how did you how did you come to start learning about okay what are they going to pay for what are they not paying for um what does this these terms mean how do i i mean did you bring an attorney in to help you out what did you do i had an attorney i'll say he was more helpful in reviewing uh, lease options and things like that versus the negotiating side. My attorney, I've known him since uh, I was first in my career. We were, we were both in the plastics career Okay. and he left and became a, uh, for better use of words, I'll say an alcohol attorney. Mm. He represents everything alcohol related in North Carolina and mm. he's tremendous. It's the beer law center downtown. Mm. So he was helpful on the back end, you know, trying to, tie all the loose ends up. But I realized instead of going after a real estate expert, I was going to talk to people that were in my line of work, my industry uh, for a while that had been successful, had multiple restaurants or multiple bars, you know, right. had different types of brick and mortar that, that they had gone through the pains of leasing or owning or whatever. So I started building my knowledge through people that had been through it before versus right. from the, you know, the partner of, a, of another broker. Got it. So, you know, Sealbinder, all the folks in Raleigh, uh, G Patel, the, the, the folks that that could really help me understand yeah. what I'm getting into and, you know, let me learn from their mistakes instead of recreating their mistakes on my own. So you, you did reach out to G Patel. Mm -hmm. he, mean, was just, he was actually just in my bar the other day. I mean, by the way, who is he, people don't know it, but he's a huge restaurant. Yes. Uh, restaurant tour. Yeah here very successful yep extraordinary and he's been through what i was going through on the right. 10th degree yeah, yeah multiple yeah. times yeah. so yeah and and these folks you know you you think i was intimidated at first and and i made some of these connections through some events that i had been to and some of my beer and wine reps you know deal right. with those same folks and they would make introductions i've got a great friend in charlotte that that's a, a beer uh a beer guy for a brewery down there that new seal binder. And, and so it was, it was great having those discussions, even the five minute elevator discussion you have, you can pick up some nuggets that, you know, you put that in your mind and you right. don't lose it and you use it the next time you sit down and, and start trying to figure things out. Okay. So now you're negotiating your lease in this new place, right? And as you're negotiating this lease, what is, what is the piece of advice that you've got in your head going, okay, make sure I don't, or make sure I do what in the negotiation? That's a good one. Uh, I guess it was, it, it was, uh, you know, know what your vision is and don't, don't stray from that. Don't settle for good mm -hmm. enough, you know, be persistent. And that's one thing I think it, my persistence shows and that I went back to that place that I was originally told no. Right and realized it was a true possibility. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I guess persistence is the main thing. Know what you want and stick to it. And I guess the advice would be don't get pushed around, but this new landlord that I was negotiating with was not the type to push me around. Like I said, I truly felt from the first meeting, he wanted me and my concept in his plaza mm -hmm. as much as I wanted to be there. Okay, so, so <clears throat> I know that when you move into a place, right, this new place that you're moving into, you're going to have to do some work in there. <laughs> okay, okay. Everybody has to do a little. I did a ton. <laughs> right. Okay. So how much, how much is, does the landlord do, if any, versus how much you have to do? Okay. That's, that's a good question. So I, just to give you some background, I was taking over a space that had been a German car garage, a mechanics garage for 
20 plus years. Okay. And I was turning that into a bar and wine room and place to hang out. So it was cinder block walls and fluorescent lights hanging from the ceiling. And that was it. Okay. But I had my vision. Right. Cause you had the garage doors. Cause the garage door was a big deal. Yep. I had six of them and I kept two, okay, which was right. exactly what I wanted. Okay. But, but yeah, so going into it, the, the landlord had, you know, had his own vision. I had my vision. We married those visions together and things that are permanent attached to the wall, ceiling, floor, and could be used in the next generation mm -hmm. of what that space may be. The landlord will typically be friendly about negotiating into that his cost. Mm -hmm. Anything that's very specific to my business, okay. like a bar, that's on me. Okay. Wine racks, that's on me. Um, but a lot of the electrical plumbing things that, that are permanent that have to be modified, but are going to stay there when I leave, there's some negotiating room there. I'm, I won't say that every landlord is going to cover everything that's permanent, right. but that's kind of the dividing line is, is this real specific to you? Or is this something that I'm going to be able to use when I turn this property over in 10 years? Right. So that was, that was the thing that I was thinking about is because I know that if you build a bar, having, having been a bartender for, you know, a number of years. Mm. All right. And you have any nights free? <laughs> so, I, so I worked my way through college and grad school as a, as a bartender, manager, those type of things. Right. And I know when we redid the, the, uh, steakhouse and, and bar that we redid that there was a whole bunch of requirements plumbing. We had to change a lot of plumbing and there was a lot of electrical things because, you know, there, it requires a lot of electrical. And a certain powers, you need things yep. that require a certain amount of power. So the curiosity question is how much were they willing to help you? Cause you had, you, you, you couldn't use the existing plumbing as where it was, right? There was no plumbing. Oh, there wasn't. The, up in the very front of my space, there was a one toilet, one sink restroom for the, the mechanics. Right. That's the extent of the plumbing. Really? And I needed my bar and restrooms right, right. going in the back. Right. So we had to dig new trenches in the concrete. Oh wow! Line up all the plumbing up for the bathrooms, all the bar service needs, all, everywhere there was going to be water. Mm -hmm. Then the drain is another big deal. We right. had to cut our own drain right. out to the main drain right. behind the facility. So right. we were cutting up parking lot. I mean, it was. You just don't know what's you don't know what you don't know. Right, and it, uh, it, yeah. it, it was a huge endeavor. Electricals another thing because. You know, they had some high power electrical for the lifts and everything right. in the garage that I didn't need, but I needed, a, you know, I needed some high amperage behind the bar. That's a dishwasher, you, you know, all yeah. that stuff. So, like I said, this landlord has an engineer on staff, which was tremendously helpful because one thing you're forgetting is you got to go through permitting, right? Inspections, city, county. ALE, ABC, everybody right. wants to have their finger in approving right. what you're doing. So because he had a, he had an engineer that was already in that line of work, she knew the ins and outs of getting permits and getting inspections done and all that. So fast forward over a year of build out, we're ready to open in March and I was only delayed a month. I was wow. furious because that's a month down because right. I had already planned to leave my old space, move everything over. Right. But to me at the moment, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't survive a month. But I hear stories of it taking years yeah. of delays and yeah. inspections and permitting and all that. So for me to only be delayed a month, 
looking back on it, I kind of feel lucky. Yeah. But at the moment, I was nervous as hell. <laughs> I'm sure you were. A month, you know? <laughs> well, I, I don't think people understand the permitting in commercial space, especially uh, because you're serving alcohol. Yes. And so there's a, there's a, there's a lot of pressure on you because you, you have this whole cleanliness standard that you have to meet and there. Well, I got, I got really lucky the time that I, at the time I was moving bottle mix, turning it into the mix, right. Moving from Brennan over to Durley corners, the alcohol laws changed slightly. Uh, that was that winter was when they allowed the old law to roll off the books that said if you sell liquor or if you pour liquor, you have to have thirty percent of your revenue come from food or you have to be a private yeah, it was, membership. It was seventy thirty. Yeah, that that went off the books as I'm moving into the new place. So I got my uh, liquor license. Uh, I don't have to deal with the health department because I'm not serving food. I'm not preparing anything right. other than pouring the drink. So now all of a sudden, that's off my plate. But you're right. There's a lot. And, and for good reason. I mean, the mechanical and the fire and the right. all those inspections are critically important. So nobody is liable or gets hurt down the road. But it takes a long time. And Riley has gotten sophisticated enough that, you know, back in the day, it was call your buddy and, and get him come out and check this out real quick. Right. You got to go through the portal. So right. you submit everything in the portal and you wait for it to rise and they're on their side and then they respond back and then you respond. And it's, it's a the portal is sophisticated, but it, it adds a lot of time. So, you know, that's something that that I had never been aware of. But like I said, the the landlord having that engineer on staff was was a huge help. Okay, so we've done our time, right? And it goes so fast because I got so many more questions. <laughs> but if you could give a new business owner some advice about taking their business and bringing a commercial real estate, what would be the first piece of advice you'd give them? First piece I would give you is go talk to your competitors. Go talk to who will turn out to be your friends. I was really surprised how many people in that industry will talk to me. And like Sharky's, I'm right in the same building as Sharky's and he could not be more helpful. He's another bar. Right. And he's not, you know, upset because I come in, you know, the rising tide lifts all ships. Right. Talk to your competitors, make friends with them, ask them for advice and and learn from their mistakes or the troubles they've been through versus just going out and thinking if you hook up with an expert, you, you've got an easy road, you know, do your own homework and be responsible for your own future, you know, do your research and, and talk to your fellow competitors and partners out there that have been through it before. All right. And this is going to be the fun part. You get to promote your business. So tell people how they can find your business online and in face-to-face. All right. So the mix is located in Durley Corners which is right at the corner of Durley Road and Pleasant Valley, just before Glenwood. We're in between Sharkies and Waraji. We, uh, we pride ourselves in having a fine curated selection of, of wine and craft beer. Uh, we also have a bar where we do a lot of craft cocktails. Uh, we have 12 uh, very good beers on tap all the time, eight very good wines we pour by the glass, bubbles, and just come out for a good time. When the weather's warm, we do uh, live music every Saturday on the outdoor patio. And then we have other events throughout the year, like formal wine tastings, which Waraji caters a lot of. So it's just a, a great neighborhood bar to come hang out in. And then we have great stuff for you to take home as well. Uh, you got a website? Bottlemix.com. Uh, how about a Facebook page? 
We have Facebook. It's the mix underscore Raleigh, okay. Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Okay. I don't do it. I have a fantastic uh, social media person, but well, I think here's the thing, you know, we got all these people out there go, okay, I want to check them out. Right. Yep. So they can go to Instagram. It's the mix, the under mix underscore Raleigh. Raleigh. Okay. And they can do that on bottlemix.com bottlemix.com and they can find all that there. You've been great, man. Hey, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Thank Hope I helped somebody. I know you yeah. did. You helped everybody. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Stay with me. Hey, folks, this is the show. You know what I say to you, right? You had a lot of choices. You chose us. Thank you for doing that. We do me a favor. Go to your favorite podcast place. Give us a positive view. And if you're watching us on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. All right. Listen, you're watching us on DBTV. Thank you so much. Right. They say to you all over the world, what that is. Ciao. Everybody. Living if you're dreaming small